Welcome to the Musician's Guide to Being Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Every week, we have music industry professionals and top performers share their insights on thriving as a modern musician. Whether you're a recent grad or high-profile artist, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Karen Kubides, CEO of Kubides Artist Services, marketing and management consultant, educator, and professional saxophonist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey guys, welcome to episode one. Um, I'm super excited to have this podcast um, and we felt that it was super appropriate for our first episode um, to kind of have the podcasting team on. Um, so our podcasting director, Addison Smith, is a freelance musician, producer, engineer, and songwriter. And Christy Monty. I joked and was like, she's my everything, but she's a freelance musician and multifaceted entrepreneur currently serving as Cass's executive assistant, using her organizational prowess to impact multiple facets of the business. Thank you for the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys, we just want to all get to know each other a little bit better. And especially for you, the listener, to get to know our host without her sitting here being like, look at me, listen to me, and just talking by herself for 20 minutes. So we're going to orchestrate an interview just so that we can all chat about her past. So Karen, why don't you just start off, you know, who are you? What do you do? And how did you get to where you are today? Okay. Um, so I feel like for like every entrepreneur, that's like the most stressful question ever. Um, so like in a nutshell, I am the CEO of Cubitas Artist Services. Um, we are a an artist service agency um, that helps musicians with their branding and marketing. Um, I also have a background in life coaching and business coaching. So um, we kind of take all the approaches um, to kind of help artists take their careers to the next level. Um, and our most exciting project right now is the Emerging Artist um, Program, where we get to help the next generation of musicians um, reach their goals in a healthy, wealthy, and wise way. So really excited about that. That's awesome. And uh, we'll definitely have a couple of those interviews with some emerging artists coming up, if I remember correctly. Yes. That'll be super exciting. So um, that's great. Could you tell us a little bit about what your home life was like growing up? Yeah. So I'm a first generation Latina. So um, I grew up in Miami, Florida. My parents immigrated from Colombia in South America. (laughs) And uh, my first language is Spanish. Um, And I just grew up in the most incredible home. I joke that my family is like the Incredibles and I'm like the bumpkin that does nothing. Uh, But (laughs) my dad uh, started his own business um, and he's been in business for over 30 years. And um, him and my mom built it together. It's now a multi-million career service business. Um, And my sister's a rock star. Um, she was like valedictorian and like captain of the cheer squad and um, full ride for college and getting her master's and a full-time teacher at like age 23, something dumb. And um, she's just like my favorite person. Um, and it was just so amazing to grow up in a, such an encouraging household and um, to just really see my parents fulfill the American dream and to just really develop that work ethic from a young age um, and to just be in a place where I was encouraged to just do whatever I wanted. Um, I remember growing up, I played like seven different instruments and I took all these private lessons and um, they let me leave. Wow. <laughs> yeah, such a dork. Um, I was really like that person that was in choir and jazz band, orchestra, like hot mess. Um, and <laughs> my parents, you know, encouraged me to leave my house early. So I went to Interlochen um, High School at like age 15 or 16 and I've never been home since. Really? Yeah. 15? Yeah, I went to boarding school. That's pretty amazing, actually. One of those people. (laughs) Is English your first language then? No, Spanish is. 
Wow. Okay, cool. Is Are there any like cultural barriers that you've ever had to overcome, like either in your relationship or your business or just like life in general? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when I moved to Michigan for, for Interlochen, um, I lived in Traverse City, which I love and I'm a huge fan of Michiganders, love the whole mitten thing, obsessed. Um, I, it was the first time ever that I had gone to school and spoken English a hundred percent of the time. Um, cause I did English at school and Spanish at home, but growing up I was in bilingual classes in Miami. Um, so I remember just going to Michigan and everybody having, you know, the Midwestern accent. And, um, <laughs> I, my mom worked really hard to get rid of my a- accent in English. Um, it only comes out when I'm angry or crazy or whatever. Um, so I, I was like, thanks mom. Like this is actually sexy and now I don't have it. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, in Michigan, I just remember like the colloquial terms and like people saying things like, oh, I just inhaled my food and me thinking it was like the funniest thing ever. And like people talk like that. I was like, oh, okay. Hashtag foreign. Um, (laughs) but I think it's been like the, the most interesting transition has definitely been with my marriage and my husband, Nick. Um, I always thought I was going to marry like a Colombian man or a Latin American man because my, my parents don't speak English. Um, so yeah, that was very interesting when, um, Nick went to ask my father for my hand in marriage and my dad, you know, after getting the question translated, his answer was like, why? And I was like, okay, thanks dad. (laughs) So let's back up just a little bit. And, um, and who is your husband? I know you said his name is Nick, but yeah, what does he do? Yeah. So my husband is Nick Lawfer. Um, he is amazing and I'm sure we're going to interview him later, but long story short, he is, um, a trombonist. Um, he currently tours with Toby Keith, so he's a country trombonist. I think I've heard of Toby Keith. <laughs> nope, never heard of him. Um, and he is a founding member of Maniacal Four Trombone Quartet, um, which was is a really awesome group, and uh, Too Many Trombones, um, where he and his best friend play too many trombone things. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> is there such thing as too much trombone, though? Oh, never. <laughs> So how did you two meet? Oh my gosh, that's a crazy story. Um, we met in San Antonio, Texas at the Texas... Whoa, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Used to live there. Sorry, go really? on. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. The Riverwalk, Tex-Mex, Yum. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I was I was a wee little tot, so I mean, I don't remember it very well, but yes. Wee tot. I love that. Um, so there's this thing called the Texas Music Educators Association, and they have this like yearly thing in February um, where all the amazing Texas music educators come together, and there's makers and manufacturers and whatever. Um, I was there with a couple clients, and um, we had a mutual friend that was an intern for them at the time kind of introduce us and we had a hot mess client meeting um, with his quartet and it was just like, ew, never. Um, and he stayed a couple days uh, extra cause he had the rodeo with Toby and, um, we just went out to lunch and he had like an existential crisis. We were there for like four hours. I ordered two meals, which I never do. And I was like, okay, I guess this guy's like melting down. Awesome. Um, and then yeah, we did long distance. Uh, we got engaged three months after that, did long distance for a year, got married and then, I finally left my favorite city in Boston and moved to Nashville. Wow, that is really exceptional. So, I mean, (laughs) you saw his quartet in a meeting. You said, ew, never. (laughs) You guys did long distance. And then when he finally proposed, your dad was like, why? Yep. And here we are. And you're married. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Hats off to you. (laughs) So what is it like working with your husband? How it's amazing. Um, I feel like that's like the the cookie cutter answer, though, because it wasn't um, until very recently. It's very um, 
difficult because we're both musicians. So there's obviously that in immense respect for each other's you know musical craft. And then I'm an artist manager as well. So it's like that balance between being like his wife and maybe manager, but not really. Um, so people call it like the wifeager. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just like trying to like keep it together and like not give my opinion all the time. But um, he has recently been promoted to coup of Cass. Um, so it's been such an adjustment though, because we have the privilege of working together and living together and, um, you know, just being together all the time. And it never really feels like too much togetherness, but it's just been really, um, a huge learning curve on how to have the different boundaries where it's like, this discussion is because you made a mistake as the coup, not as my husband. Um, obviously like I could work on like not ripping people's faces off, but like, you know, just keeping it calm and being like, okay. And this is like something we need to work on in our marriage. And, um, you know, this is the personal development journey and, you know, things like that. But in a nutshell, it's, it's really amazing. And I'm just so, excited to kind of open that up because it's been a secret for so long that we're married. Um, I'm excited to just share what it's like to to be with someone like him. That's awesome. What does like an average day look like for the both of you? And does he tour all the time with Toby Keith? Like how often is he gone? Yeah. So Toby does between like 50 something and 60 something tours a year. Um, It's mostly in the bulk of the summer. So um, I would say the touring seasons from May to, I don't know, October. He's Mm -hmm. in his last run right now. Um, and it's interesting because it's one of those jobs where you have to be available year round. Um, but the bulk of it is during those times. Um, there's really no average day, which that sounds really obnoxious, but, um, typically it's, you know, we, he gets it before me. Um, to have his alone time and quiet time. And he hangs out with like our children, Reina and Aldo, our Frenchies. Um, and nice. yeah, our, the light of our lives are our French bulldogs. They're our little <laughs> rescue babies. Um, he wakes up, hangs out with them, you know, gets the finances under control, um, has his, you know, quiet time, personal prayer, whatever it is he does. And then I get up and we have like our, our little first meeting report and kind of decide what the intention of the day is. Um, we try to be intentional people as far as like we can get plenty done in 20 minutes instead of like bulking out like eight hours and being like, we're going to get this done. Um, and then we determine when we're ending our work day because um, it's really important to us to be like, okay, done, go to bed or go out or eat or be normal. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it's a mixture between like coachings for me, um, Nick's doing spreadsheets, logistics, um, again, finances, budgets, things like that. Um, and yeah, I'm coaching clients, going to meetings. Um, and of course he is a professional musician as well. So he has sessions, private students. Um, I do as well. So it's just kind of finding that balance and kind of designing our days, which is literally a gift. I can't believe I get to be like, I'm going to take a nap at noon because I can. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. What do you guys do for fun? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Like we really love our jobs. Um, so sometimes again, super dorky, but like we'll go to Vanderbilt in the evening and just practice. Um, I'll have a couple piano lessons that I teach and, um, he just like, I don't know, will come in and like help me teach my lessons sometimes. And, you know, we go to people's houses or they come to us and things like that. And, um, I just, I think like the musical part has been such a important thing in our marriage. Um, and it's been so interesting and I'll talk about this later, but I actually stopped playing my instrument for about two and a half years. And, um, we'll talk about that later, but (laughs) just now I've been pulling my instrument out and, you know, we've been 
kind of making music together, um, which has been really awesome. But I mean, we love to nap and eat, <laughs> duh, hang out with our dogs. Like literally dog parks are like the most therapeutic thing. If you've never been, just go to one. Um, they're amazing. Everyone's really happy and dogs are the best. Um, and yeah, you know, just reading and personal development. We love to binge, you know, documentaries and things like that. So I've actually wondered this before being in your apartment, but given that you play the saxophone and Nick plays the trombone, Mm -hmm. do you guys have to leave to practice your instruments? Um, yes and no. Um, we want to be able to play like, you know, full volume. So we are conscientious of our neighbors. Um, but Nick had put a silent mute in there and just play and it won't sound really loud. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and there's other things that I could do. Um, but I'd argue that mine is louder, so I can't (laughs) do it as much. Okay. So, um, let's go back to the most important thing that you talked about before your dogs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've had the pleasure of hanging out with them and loving on them many times. Uh And I just think the world needs to know more about them. So tell us about Aldo and Reyna and just, just tell the world about them. (laughs) Of course. Oh my gosh. I could talk about them all day. Um, so Aldo and Reyna are two French bulldogs. Um, they're rescues and they were, found abandoned on the side of the road which is crazy because who abandons dogs but also like french bulldogs are like a very expensive breed somebody abandoned two french bulldogs mm-hmm. on the road yep that is almost unbelievable to me wow yeah sorry to interrupt please go on. <laughs> of course um they were emaciated and they had an upper respiratory infection um it was so sad um so anyway nick and i were you know debating puppies or babies but i mean really it was just puppies <laughs> <laughs> um and you know we you know we were looking to purchase but then i've always had this like inkling of like oh, i just really want to adopt you know babies children everyone everything and um <laughs> i was oh like gosh. let's just look and you know he humored me because he's awesome and snooty giggles um this amazing nonprofit that rescues dogs um it's this incredible lady named sean and she has literally a castle in thompson lane and there's like i don't know 20 30 dogs in her home it's, it's really that big um, and we saw them online and, you know, we sent an application immediately. And I think for the first time ever, I like understood, um, those stories that people talk about when going through the adoption process for anything. Like I just had crazy anxiety and I was so emotional. I was like crying and I was like, what? These are dogs. Like everybody calm down. <laughs> um, and you know, we got the call, we went to meet them. And of course, Nick and I were like, okay, we're going to be responsible. We're only going to get one. Like, you know, we're going to love it and, you know, budget and whatever. And then we show up and most of these dogs are not paying attention to us. They're playing with each other and they're like sleeping on each other and just loving on each other. And we're like chasing these dogs around this castle. Like, Hey, come play with us. We're trying to pick one. Like we want to take you home. (laughs) Um, and yeah, we were like, uh, no, we have to take them both. Like we were both like teary eyed, Nick and I like, no, we have to take them both. We can't separate them. Um, so of course, Sean was like, why don't you just take them overnight and see which one you like better overnight? And, um, bring whichever you don't want back yeah like that's gonna happen (laughs) right she's so smart um and we were like okay so within like 20 minutes we had crates and bins and toys and collars and everything and i had these two dogs you know we're taking these two dogs home and 
I remember vividly like Sean bending down the, the mom and just like saying goodbye to these dogs and like tearing up and just like sobbing. And then I'm like crying and then Nick's like trying not to cry because he cries all the time. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> these dogs are so happy and we're just like, what is happening? Um, so anyway, we got them in our car and we brought them home and um, they've been the light of our lives ever since. Like we did not give one back. <laughs> I love that. Now, did you give them the names Aldo and Reina and why? <laughs> yes. Okay. So their original names were Shane what is, hang on Skelly Lorand they're really weird yeah that was Raina's name Skelly Lorand and Aldo was um Shelton Dangles what, what? yep <laughs> I mean this is coming from what the snooty giggles foundation though so I mean it's not that surprising in context but wow yeah um, they were crazy names. So we were like, at first I was like, are you even allowed to change dogs names? Um, but <laughs> yeah, we were like, we can't call them this like skelly. Like, oh my gosh, no. Um, so anyway, we have one of our favorite movies, um, is spy with Melissa McCartney and, um, Reina is the name of the main character and it's spelled and we spell it like the word queen in Spanish. So R E I N A. Um, and Reina's just, such a queen. So we figured like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. And the Reina, the character in the movie is, um, I don't even know how to describe her without being vulgar, uh, but she's just kind of like the worst. Um, so we were like, okay, <laughs> message received. <laughs> we were like, okay, this is perfect. This is Reina. And then Aldo is a character in the in the film as well. And he's a really needy Italian man, like super handsy and like just so intense. So we're like, yep, this is Aldo. He hugs strangers and kisses people like humans. He really does. Yeah. The first time I went over there, I was like, what is this? animal trying to like climb up the chair and hug me like oh that's just my french bulldog don't mind him exactly wow well uh just for the listeners because i know that you guys can't see them they really are like the most adorable little couple of dogs ever and they literally look like the yin and yang whenever they're sleeping on top of each other yes because one of them is like chocolate colored and the other one is white Mm -hmm. and they curl up in this little like Double teardrop shape, and it is the cutest thing ever. Wow. Yeah, there's no way that you're going to leave one of them and take one of them. <laughs> That's just cruel. Yeah. Um, and they have an Instagram because our hope really? is that they freaking sponsor themselves because they're expensive AF. Um, Nash Gas Squad um, because they are like fart monsters. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> I'm actually going to look that up. I'm, I'm going to follow your dog's Instagram. Oh my gosh. I love this. Okay. Well, although I love talking about your dogs all day, every day, I do want to talk more about like music and business and fancy things. Um, <laughs> so tell us more about Cubitus Artist Services. Like how long has it been around? Like how did you get the idea yeah, so we actually just went through a rebrand. It was our five year anniversary. <clears throat> we used to be called Cubitas Artist Management. Um, and I met like one of the most amazing women. Um, her name is Melissa Nunn, and she's the executive director of Fifth House. And I met her briefly last year um, when one of my emerging artists, Monica Benson, um, asked us to go film an interview with her. 
And I was just like literally impressed with this lady like so much. And she did this like amazing interview and we were all crying and laughing. And we just like went on this journey with like her brain because she's just brilliant. Um, and I reached out a couple months ago and I was like, listen, I need help. I need to get it together. And she like kicked my butt for six months and we came up with this entire new concept for the business. And um, it was just such a good lesson. Um, sometimes I feel like as entrepreneurs, we think that we either peak or that we're like doing the right thing or because something has worked, we have to keep doing it mm. or hasn't. I don't know. Um, and it was just so awesome to just kind of like reshape the business. But originally it started as an artist management agency where we just, uh, had a roster of musicians and, um, managed high profile people in top five orchestras. Um, we did everything from booking, touring, social media, web design, photography, very similar to what we do right now. Um, but our focus was, you know, the roster and we just realized over the last five years that, um, most people need that kind of support. So we wanted to offer an infrastructure that had everything an artist could ever need in-house. Um, so we have a highly curated list of vendors. Um, you know, you can get a photographer from anywhere between like 200 bucks to like $10,000, depending on what your budget is, what your purpose and project and whatever. Same thing for videography and web design and social media. And then, um, you know, after talking and being able to collaborate with all these incredible musicians. I've just learned so much. So I went back to school and got um, certified as a life coach. And I've been dabbling into business coaching with the holistic approach of, you know, being healthy, wealthy and wise. Um, So just making sure that people are pursuing their careers and doing things the right way from the start. So we're not having to go back and fix, repair injuries, mental problems, et cetera. um, And that people are actually living to their fullest potential. um, And doing it in a way that makes sense for them. Like it's not a one size fits all. It's a very customized program for each client. So who needs cast? Like, is it for musicians all, you know, spanning all over their careers or is it just, I know you mentioned your emerging artist program. Is it just for people, you know, in college or recent grads? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, we purposely rebranded to make it a company that, that everyone's welcome. So whether you are super famous, you know, top five orchestra musician, or you're in college thinking about pursuing music full time, like there's a service and there's the possibility to collaborate in any facet of the company. Um, the emerging artist program though is my baby. I've been, I've always thought about this, even while I was in college, I was like, you know, I wish there was someone that could mentor me and someone that could answer questions like, how much should I charge for this? And like, I can't write a bio about myself. Can someone read it please? Or, um, should I have a website? Do I need to have social media? Like, you know, all of these questions that even currently right now, I'm like, oh, do I really need another Instagram or, you know, things like that. Um, so that's just been something that we've been cultivating and gathering some data and case studies and, you know, just really trying to prove our theories. Um, and it's been finally formed as the Emerging Artist Program. I went from CAM Ambassadors to CAS Emerging Artists, um, where we focus, the program is for anyone either in college or a recent grad um, that, you know, is in an entry level part of their career. And then also for anyone that's three to five years removed from the start of their professional journey. And is it all over? Is it just people in Nashville? No, it's a global program. Um, we have um, emerging artists all over the United States. Um, and we have our first international, um, well, no, our second, um, in Denmark. Um, his name is LP Sorensen and he's a trombonist. Um, so our hope is to create a global community of young emerging artists that, you know, can help and empower each other. That is really brilliant. I have to say. Um, so I do have a question though, with all these amazing things that you do, what prompted you to, um, want to start a podcast? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, what are we doing? Um, I really wanted to continue to better serve 
the community. Um, and I feel like, yes, one person can totally make a difference. Um, but I, I wanted to be able to expand influence, um, not just for what I'm saying, but for the people that have really blown my mind and are doing incredible, innovative things in our industry. Um, so I just wanted to create a platform that was surrounded by all of these things that we know, um, just to better serve people. Um, I see that there's so many podcasts out there that are just incredible for entrepreneurship and they're all very niche to market, but I wanted to create something that was all encompassing um, and that included all of the things that you know people don't really talk about um, as comfortably in the arts or in music specifically. So given that this is the first episode, um, could you maybe give us an idea of what kind of things musicians should expect to learn from this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm really excited to share my own health journey. Um, I feel like expertise is only defined by results. Um, and I feel like so many young people have incredible things to say, but they feel that either their age or their resume doesn't really back up their findings. So I want to demystify that a little bit. So I'm bringing my chiros here to talk about, you know, chiropractic medicine and more holistic approach to being healthy. Um, there's going to be talks about financials for musicians. Um, we're going to interview tons of industry leaders that have built nonprofits, built multi-million dollar organizations, um, and people that have made a living in the arts, um, as well as other clients that I have the privilege of working with. Awesome. What's your mission with this project? Um, My mission is to raise greater awareness um, about these topics. Um, I feel that, you know, as, as musicians, we don't really necessarily talk about retirement. (laughs) We don't talk about owning property. Um, we don't talk about the mental health stigma that happens. Um, I'm particularly passionate about suicide awareness. Um, so just shedding a light to how someone gets to that place, um, with experts in medicine. Um, and you know, just to really go there with the topics that people feel like there isn't time to go or explore or that, um, I want to empower people to have those conversations. Wow. Well, I mean, being on the podcast team, um, Addison and I know what's kind of coming down the pipeline and we're super excited for the episodes that everyone gets to listen to in the next coming months. But what are you most excited about? Is there a particular interview or a topic that you are like, I cannot wait to share with this with the world? Um, yes, I have a couple, but I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited to be able to have this podcast in Spanish. Um, I feel like the Latin American market, um, needs something like this. Um, and I just really want to be a part of a community of people that have that kind of awareness as well in Spanish speaking countries. Um, so I'm super excited to, you know, be able to translate and eventually interview people, um, in Spanish over these same topics and kind of create, create that awareness and globalize it essentially. Well, that's awesome. I'm so looking forward to the Latin American community being able to gather all of the information and insight that the musicians that are being interviewed are going to share with them. So exciting. Ah, I can't wait. All right, guys. So for those of you who are listening, um, if you have any feedback, we want your input on this show as we're developing You know who we're interviewing and what topics we're talking about. We want to hear from you. So go ahead and follow the Musician's Guide on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook and go on the cast website. It's basically anywhere. If you want to find us, you can find us. <laughs> well, we would love to hear from you. So definitely, um, we want you to be a part of this process. And Karen, thank you so much for having us uh, on this podcast to interview you. I know I am definitely really, really excited for what's to come. 
I'm sure Christy is too. And I can tell just from talking to you about this that you are ecstatic. So thank you. And I'm so looking forward to the episodes to come. Thank you.